Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, like always, Brady Carducci. And today on the show, I have a very special guest with me. He's a Toronto-based photographer and media consultant. He work, He's worked with brands such as EXO, Microsoft, Lululemon. I can name a whole lot more, but we're just going to stick it out for now. Welcome to the show, Casey Eagle, a.k.a. Notorious Lenses. How's it going, buddy? Appreciate it, man. Big intro. I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, buddy. Can't <laughs> complain. I'm uh, I'm excited to have you on, man. Uh, I love your work. You know, you worked obviously with some big brands, so I'm excited to just, you know, have our audience at home get to know you better, kind of talk about your craft and, uh, you know, some of the projects you've been you've been a part of. I know we've kind of talked uh, off camera about how you've been dealing with COVID, but now that we're on camera now, how have you been dealing with everything going on uh, with this pandemic? Um, for me, this is pretty easy, man. I'm just staying at home. Um, recently just got a PS4 and a basketball now. Nice, like I nice. you. Just trying to, you know, like, do things that I didn't really have time for. Like, I wasn't a gamer the past year or two. I kind of gave that up. But um, I'm back on that playing COD, 2K, FIFA, all nice. that. Um, I also just want to use this platform to give a way to justice for Brenna Taylor and oh, justice for Shukri Abdi. I just want to use my platform to voice that because um, not a lot of people know about Shukri Abdi's um, drowning. So we need to get justice for her. So mm-hmm. I actually, I actually don't know much about that. Do, would you mind just quickly just going into that for people who may not heard of it uh, at all? Like what, what's going on with that situation? Yeah. So that situation, basically there was a, girl that migrated from Somalia from a refugee camp and from Kenya in 2017 and she was going to school in the UK I think this girl's about she was about 12 13 years old at the time I'm not wrong correct me if I'm wrong guys but um her body was found in a river or lake um and she drowned it but nobody knows the backstory about about it so yeah, it's a tragic story. So justice for her. We need to get to the bottom of that. So I just want to use that. Do you know if there's any um, like GoFundMe pages for, for her and her family going on right now? Yeah, I think there's a couple. I'm going to actually send you some. Um, there's a petition actually going on. And I think the mayor of Manchester um, put in a word to get this like reinvestigated. So. Okay. Okay. We're waiting on that, so okay. we can't sleep unless we get justice for her. So it's just a sad story. Like I can't imagine how her parents feel of just losing your daughter and nobody knows what happened. So Yeah, that's probably the worst part too. It's like, you know, there's one reason where it's like, Okay, I have an answer, but now to not have an answer or a reason why, like that's just that that would keep me up at night for sure. So yeah. we'll we'll make sure to um leave those links there in the description below. So any guys who wanna support the family, support the Brianna Taylor situation, you guys will be able to do that for sure. So, um, you know, getting into it, I wanted to kind of just start off with a little bit about your background. So um, kind of like walk me through how you started into photography. Like, where did it come from? Uh, like, you know, how did you get it? It was kind of by accident. This okay. is um, my sister had this little point and shoot camera in like 2012. Mm. And after I went like a summer vacation where I think I went to, a, was it 2012? I went to... Nah, that year I didn't go to London. But this that year um, I went to the northern part, um, which is called Somaliland, where I'm from. Okay. Um, 
so I was just, I had this little point and shoot. I think it was like a Sony cyber shot, something like that. And after I was just taking pictures of like everything that I was seeing, um, I was like, where there was like rocks, mountains, turtles, little things, you know, that you do on like vacation and stuff. And I never thought much of it. So I just came back. I'm like, yo, this is kind of cool in a way. But I was only 12 years old at the time. And I was like, really, I was really, really into basketball. At 12 years old at the time, I wasn't the tallest person, but I thought I was going to the NBA. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Everybody has a moment where they're going league. Of course. They think they're going league. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was something that was cool. So I just, that summer I just did that. And after I kind of forgot about it. So three years, um, fast forward in high school. Um, I believe this is like 2015, 2016. Um, I just picked back on it because I'm just like, I was going through Instagram, I'm like, bro, these are like, I'm just seeing like the community of like photographers. Like it just has a, such a huge community. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, like how does this person take this picture? And I, I remember seeing, um, it was a picture in San Francisco. And I'm like, bro, like this is like the sickest, it was like a long exposure shot at night. And I'm like, yo, oh. this is the sickest picture I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I need to get into this. And that's pretty much how I got it. After that, I'm like, all right, I'm going to just try this thing out one yeah. more time because uh, I kind of liked it, but I wasn't too sure of the, the time with that. That's how I kind of got into it. Okay, nice. I like that story. Um, now, when you were, I guess when you were, you, know, you saw the, the San Francisco photo and you're like, oh, I got to get into it. Did you start off taking like more so nature photos? Like what type of the photos were you taking like starting out? Starting out was like, I was, everything I was seeing on Instagram, I was copying. Okay. So I was like, I feel like that's a great thing in like photography where to get started, just copy, just to get see. started, just copy whoever you're seeing. So I'm like, yo, I need to take city shots. I was taking pictures of like buildings, architecture. I'm like, yo, I need to recreate this shot to perfection. Then I'm like, all right, then I can, you know, move on. Did you, uh, did you, cause you know, uh, speaking of those type of photos, the, the ones that I like the best, at least like in downtown is the ones where you'll see photographers go up on like crazy high buildings or they'll stand over it and you'll, you'll see them yeah. like uh, off the edge, like, uh, with the city in the background, would you, would you get risky like that? Or would you keep it pretty safe? I kept it pretty safe, but at the same time too, like there was a point in the photography community where like rooftoping was like yeah all time high where Mm -hmm. like that was the only thing people were doing at the time so i had my fair share of moments where i've 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 thought about those things but it was probably a short period of time and i'm like nah it's not really worth the risk of of me getting caught and doing all that so i'm just like yo let me just keep it on the ground yeah 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 but and at the time i wish i knew how to use a drone and like if drones were that affordable, mm. I'd probably be using a drone instead because it's the same thing, right? And the drone laws back then were, there was nothing. no, there's nothing. Drone yeah. laws are so strict now, you can't even fly anywhere downtown. But at the time, I probably would have done that. Yeah, I think it's, I was reading up because like, well, for what we do is like, we, we do a lot of some real estate stuff. So we kind of need uh, drone stuff. But I, when we were reading up to get our, um, our, like one of our licenses, it's like, uh, if you don't, if you get caught, it's like a $15,000 fine. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's insane. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, you cannot take that out. <laughs> no, no. You'd rather so. just go through like the, the license bar and like, yo, yeah. that, 
like all these drone laws was not like that in like 2014 2015 yeah i kind of wait i mean i guess like the only way like i kind of missed that but like i guess you know with like you know hitting birds and like all that kind of stuff i can kind of understand it but still it's it's, it was a lot easier back then um so you know you're saying you're you know copying a lot of the stuff you see on instagram but just as a in terms of skill wise, let's say like editing or angles or exposures or lighting, how are you um, at the time like practicing your skills? Like what type of resources have you been going to to just get better as a photographer? I think the best of the best platforms to learn anything in terms of the art scene is YouTube. Like literally if you want to search up, I remember I struggled a lot with white balance. So I was like, I didn't understand yeah. the concept. I'm like, why am I taking photos and my pictures, the skies are green and after they're yellow and like, it was all mismatching and stuff. And I'm like, how to fix um, exposure, how to fix temperature, how to fix this. And there's videos on everything. You just got to know what you're searching for. And you just take that and you practice and you practice. And after you master it and after you're good. Mm-hmm. Is that, uh, I mean, I'm assuming like you still, like even today, I'm assuming you just have questions. Is that something you'll, you'll still do? It's like, oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? You'll still go to YouTube and type that in? Literally. Okay. Till this day, there's things that, there's always things you're going to be learning in photography. You never, yeah. There's never going to be a point where, as a creative, I think there's never ever going to be a point where you stop learning. So like, I probably average like one to two or three youtube or google searches of like how to do this how to Mm. photoshop this into this or how to crossfade this into this like weird stuff that you would probably now i'm at a point where like i probably mastered all the basics it's just like little little things here and there like how to blow up a picture onto a billboard which is like something that you'll never ever do but you you have to figure it out yeah 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 it's kind (laughs) of cool to know yeah yeah no, i i feel the same way because i literally do the same thing too if it comes for editing or, or just whatever it's just like but just seeing like the skills of other people in the same industry like you got sometimes i get i get taken back well i didn't even know you could use photoshop like this or use illustrator like this or like premiere like that so it's, it's just crazy it really widens your mind of like the perspective of like okay I, you know you can actually do things like this which is uh, which is pretty crazy um so you know, obviously, so, you know, you started out with the point and shoot. Now you're developing your skills. You're saying about, you know, YouTube and all that. So at what point did you, I guess you could say, get comfortable with your expertise, get comfortable with your skills to, you know, start taking on like client work, start reaching out to people be like, Hey, you know what? I love to book a photo shoot with you. Like when did that process start and, and how did it start on your end? I would say it didn't start too long ago. It was like February, okay. I would say, 2019 february 2019 so about more than a year and a half ago yeah just over that's when that's when i felt like yo i have gained the knowledge and the confidence of like i gotta take on some client work you know what i mean mm-hmm. because at the same time too it's like it is your passion but at the same time you want to make your passion your income of course so yeah. i came to a point where i was like hey I kind of want to do this, but like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. And you just need one person to give you a chance to like do what you got to do. And that's what is going to push you like miles away where you get that one person and says, Oh my God, you're amazing at this. Mm. Then you're like, you build the confidence and the respect 
and you just go for it after yeah. that. 100%. I like how you said, like, you know, it just takes one person to give you that, like, that nice compliment, man, like, I really love your work. Cause it's like, even, even for, for me, when I was just starting out, like, obviously it's like, you know, when you're just starting out, you're still trying to find your footing, trying to find your confidence. So that, you know, that other person may not know how much that little word uh, meant, but it's like for you on the, on the receiving end, it's like, Oh my God, it's like, you feel like Superman, like you can do, yeah. you can do anything, you know? So that's crazy. So what was Honestly. your, who was that first person? If you, if you'd like to share that brand that, that you know really you felt gave you that confidence like hey you know what i'm i'm a player in this industry i can you know i deserve to be here and i can i can do big things i would say the commissioner house there was those are like the first people to like ever believe in me especially mm -hmm. commissioner like what he, ahmed has done for me i always think until this day that was the one person to say yes when like i literally had nobody saying Hey, you could shoot this. So I owe big, big credits to him for that. Shout out Ahmed. And yeah, like uh, just like I don't I don't really know him too well. I just know kind of what he's done with house and, and just the community in Toronto. And I've I've heard a lot of sim similar things of he's he's someone who's you know is giving a lot of young creatives a shot and he's and he's super well respected. So um, I mean that's a good thing. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? So how so how did that exactly happen? How did he give you a shot and what was that interaction like with him uh, initially? Initially, it's kind of funny. Um, I think I recently just turned 19. This is about, I think, January 2019. Okay. So I'm like, I'm like four or five days fresh into being 19. And Jeez. like, I get invited to this, um, it was a launch pad event. Okay. And uh, I think it was a launch pad in a house event. And after, I got invited through a friend, but I think it was, I think it was Esther. So shout out to Esther. Shout out Esther. Um, so I came into the event. Um, wasn't expecting much, you know, just trying to meet people. And I never knew that there was such a big community mm. in terms of creatives in Toronto. Like I never really had that many friends that were like creatives. Mm -hmm. So I came in and I was like, oh, isn't that Ahmed, the, the guy that co-founded um, House? Mm -hmm. And I just went up to him and I was like, I just spoke to him. I was like, hey, I'm a photographer. Um, this is what I plan on doing. And at the point, mm -hmm. I think I was trying to go into like more of the, like the travel industry sector of okay. things and just, you know, mm -hmm. which I still love to this day, but like, it's not my type of vibe. And I was just explaining to him like how I wanted my career to go in the future and after um he noticed that i was out of that i was somali too so he's like oh are you somali after he's like oh cool cool, cool. you're from here i'm like so we kind of had that little bit of a connection there yeah. so after that he's like you know he just gave me some advice you know just keep doing you keep working hard you know you're gonna get there and after um a couple of days later it was like the aerosin event okay this is the first house event that I've shot in my entire life. <laughs> okay, were you nervous? I wasn't like, I just came there and I just took pictures. It wasn't uh, like I got called in to take pictures. I just came there and just took pictures. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so what happened was the next day, I think I DM'd Ahmed mm -hmm. those pictures. And I'm like, he's probably not gonna answer this. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like super busy guy, you know what I mean? I sent it to him and he's like, holy shit, these are dope. And I'm like, oh crap. He's like, yo, come into the, they're doing this uh, workshop 
the next day and after he's like, yo, come shoot this. Uh, after I shot it, thinking nothing of this, I'm like, all right, yeah. these are just some cool pictures that I can just have, you know, on my portfolio. Which mm-hmm. at the time, like like I just told you, I was like going heavy into travel. I was really into portraits as I am like today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like that's literally all I do today. But at the time, I didn't really care about it. But came back, sent the photos out. And he's like, all right. I think it was, I was at Launchpad. I was like editing some other stuff that I was shooting. And he's like, he just saw me. He's like, hey, come in my office. Okay. And after he's like, we were just talking about like life and stuff. And I'm like, oh, sick. This is my first time in the house office. And at the end, he's like, all right. Um, I spoke to Lamar and we think we should have you as the in-house photographer here. Wow. Yeah. So it's crazy. That, that's, my, that's like a mind-blowing experience right there, right? And it's like you go into that room and that's not what you're expecting. You know what I mean? You're just expecting, hey, like, yo, your, your photos are dope, you know? Like, you do a, a really, really nice job on these photos. And I walked out of there and I was, like, shook. So I owe a lot to Ahmed and the whole house team for believing in me. 100%. Yeah, definitely. So I'm assuming, so your first connection with was with Ahmed. Now, um, since then, you've, you've covered a, a lot of events and stuff like that. I know you did... Um, you covered the big event that they that Ahmed and Lamar spoke at. I, I forget where it was. I know it wasn't at it wasn't at Launchpad, but it was um, at uh, Mars. Mars. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, just like you know, you've covered a lot of events. You've I mean, you've rubbed shoulders with a lot of big people in music and just entrepreneurs in general. So, um, is there anything that maybe you've picked up from them that you implement or like you know? anything um that you recognize about them that you're like oh you know what okay like this is a little thing that i picked up that i can see like oh this is why they're so successful they play at such a high level that you know you in turn uh, implement in your photography or just when you're you know representing yourself as a brand to clients i think the number one thing learning from everyone on the house team or that or everyone at exo is that their work ethic is insane yeah people People do not realize behind the scenes how hard everybody works. Mm-hmm. Like they be going to sleep at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., working on projects wow. consistently. Like they'll go no sleep for like two weeks straight. Like people don't realize how hard their work is. And that kind of like put me in like overdrive. I'm like, holy shit, I am not <laughs> cut out to this type of work. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yo, like. I got to step my game up. So like just being around and I'm, and I'm somebody that feeds off of people's energy. You know what I mean? Okay. Like if I'm surrounded with people that are, that are hard working, you know, like you're eventually going to build those habits um, that you have around you, which is like, I always like used to be dismissive in high school when like teachers and stuff or people would tell me like, be careful who you surround yourself with because that's who you're going to come. So yeah. Work ethic is the number one thing that I picked up on, like, everything at the house team that everybody had, so. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I mean, like, that phrase is, it's like, everyone says it's like, oh, it's, that's so cliche. But if you really, like, take a step back and think about it, it's so true. Because it's like, you think about, like, your your five closest friends and the people you spend the most time around. It's like, yeah. it, it's just it's just human nature to, like, pick up tendencies or like act how they're acting or pick up habits. So that's so true. And I, and even for myself, like I've noticed it's like, 
you know, ever since, you know, like, you know, university, I transitioned into the working world. I'm, I'm more conscious of like who I'm like spending my time with. Cause it's like, you know, I only want to spend time with people who I personally believe in, who are like going to help support me and take me to the next, the next level. Right. So, um, 100%. It's, it's, it's one of those things where people tell you and you kind of dismiss it. And like you said, it's cliche, but it's mm-hmm. more of a subconscious thing. It's things that you think you're not doing, but you, it shows that you're doing it. You know what I mean? Exactly, 100%. Now, um, obviously, you know, you have a close relationship with Ahmed and, uh, you know, a lot of the, the executives at EXO. Would you, like, you know, do you have a relationship with them at this point where, you know, you, you know, if you have, if you just have a, something's on your mind, you have a question, you can call them up. Like, are they, are they very supportive of what you're doing? Can you call them up if you have a question? Like, how's that relationship now, ever since you've started working with them kind of pretty much like full time? 100%, like, especially, especially Ahmed and Lamar, like, there's times where like Ahmed would text me or call me at like 2 a.m. Mm. And we would discuss about like, not even, not even like work and stuff, just like life and um like i always i always tell people this like yo ahmed and lamar like my my big brothers like they just pretty cool they just like give me like advice in game and like things that you would you would not think because because ahmed and lamar they probably seem like a very quiet people and like you know very closed off and like once you get to know them they're they give a a lot of great advice and they're always ready to listen and they're very 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 down to earth guys mm-hmm. no i definitely like um you know i i go to launchpad quite frequently frequently as well and I, I i always see them in passing and they they do they do seem like they stick to themselves but you know I, like you said you know once you get to know them they do they do open up and you know like any relationship the more you get to know them the more you know just the connection and, and you learn more about them right so mm-hmm. that's definitely um important but in terms of your, um, like, I guess, because, you know, you were saying before how you were trying to go the travel route, but now you've really transitioned to um, portraiture. How, how did you find that, like, that transition going in between the two? Like, was it hard for you to, like, pick up? Did you gravitate to it, like, more easily? Was there different nuances when it came to, let's say, editing a travel photo versus editing a portrait photo that you had to learn? Like, how was that transition? That transition was pretty difficult. I can't even lie to you. Okay. Um, it's something that, especially like th- in terms of like travels, like you're not really dealing with a lot of portraits. You know what I mean? You're not dealing mm-hmm. with like faces. I think the hardest part for me was like, all right, not to like make people's face like too soft or like too sharp or like the colors of like making somebody too dark or too light you know what i mean just trying Mm -hmm. to give it a real type of vibe so that transition is pretty difficult but it was one of those things where you got to do a lot of trial and error so i've always told photographers look at your pictures from one year ago like just one year ago and you'll see like the biggest difference in like the editing like tiny little things where you'll pick up here and there and they'll just add up and you're like Oh my god like i would never ever edit like this again in my entire life yeah it's just it's uh that's so true because it's it's just funny like you know like in the moment you're like oh like this is so cool and then you know you you look back at your work and you're like oh like did i like really edit a photo that way it's like man like now it's just it's, it's a completely different level which is which is just crazy to think about um but that uh, i want to talk about so you, you you know i you know looking at your page some of the photos you shot 
how do you, for example, let's just take, you know, you shot Derek, you shot Derek Wise, you shot 88 Glam a lot, you know, all these people. How do you, like, do you approach, like, different shoots differently? Like, you know, if I'm shooting, let's say I'm shooting Derek Wise, like, do you take into considering, like, do you take into consideration, like, other photos he's taken before, his image? Like, how do you plan shoots around an individual that you're shooting? Yeah, that's actually a great question. Um, the way I plan shoots is like I kind of vibe out with the with the person. Like I don't really like for the first like 15, 20 minutes, I don't really shoot anything to be honest. Oh, I just okay. like to like especially especially with Derek because like I've been uh, with Eddie Gum, I've been like collaborating with them like pretty often. So it's like mm-hmm. I've always think about like when it's shoots like that, I try to build a relationship more than me putting in like the sickest obviously I want to put in the sickest photos, but at the same time, I want to build a relationship where it's like, all right, well, cool. You know, we have like, if this guy likes, I don't know, basketball or like, you know, right. like he likes this type of food or this restaurant. Me, I just, I like to hang out with the person. That's how okay. I describe planning on my shoots. So I just follow you for a day, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing in your day. And after we just end up taking pictures, just like, just like when you hang out with your friends and you just take like, like some like like iPhone stories or like pictures. That's how like the vibe I try to get for like my shoots. I don't really plan too much because I feel like planning puts pressure on, yeah. on the person. And That's I feel like point. if it doesn't go up to plan, you're gonna be like, oh snap, like, you know, I didn't do this or I missed out on this. So I just kind of like vibe out, especially especially with Derek. Like sometimes we'll be shooting and after like, we'll, we'll play 2K after like stuff like oh, that, you know? Cool yeah 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 just to like you know just, just to like it. just kick it because that's what's gonna it those little things that you're doing it's gonna show in your work mm. those little because i guess what it is is like as a photographer you want to just capture them as naturally as possible so if you're if you're like you know posing them like oh like garrett go pose like this against that tree or whatever like it'll it'll you're saying it'll come across as inauthentic in the photo exactly so like i me it's like the number one thing is like being as comfortable as possible with the person. And mm. I would say a good 90% of the time, I don't pose any of my subjects. Like okay. they just, they just do what they do. You know what I mean? Because I feel like yeah, it yeah. pulls us like kind of like, you know, stiff and you know, like you want them to do this or like this. I just be like, yo, like pose like how you want. And after mm. we'll just, I'll show you the photos. And after we'll just go after that and be like, yo, I'll give maybe a couple suggestions here and there, but, Mostly it's just off the vibes, man. Yeah, I feel you. Now, would you say that, I mean, coming across uh, other photographers or looking at a lot of other work, is that is that something that you feel like photographers make a, a mistake on? Is like, you know, things are overposed? Like, what are, what are some things that y- you've come across where, you know, that, that's maybe a common theme that in your experience has been like, oh, well, you know what, like, I really don't see, I really don't see it that way. Like, from my experience, like, you know, you know, this way, this way, this, the, the way I shoot, like, works, works better, or do you think it's just dependent on the style of the photographer? Honestly, I always tell people this, there's no rules in photography, like, yeah, you know there's no I mean? guidelines, yeah, there's no guidelines, whatever, if you want to use the rule of thirds, or if you want to use um, your bokeh a certain way, it's like, I don't hate on, or like, there's no bad way of shooting, you know what I mean, if mm. it works, for you and after it shows that it works then it's fine you know there's nothing that i would say that hey like i wouldn't do probably just just 
be a nice person. That's the only yeah. thing that I would say. Just don't be a, don't be mean. Don't yeah. be going out there, you know, trying to get people mad. Like, no, I want you to pose like this. Or like, we're not doing that. Or like, you know, be very open. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is that like every photographer you'll see in their work or whatever in interviews where they have their own style and have their own way. And it just, it just comes out of you. Like, you don't really, you don't really plan these things. You know what I mean? So percent. Um, I've been seeing on your page and stuff. You've been you've been shooting a lot of film lately. Is that uh, is that something that you're because uh, like you're getting more more comfortable with? Have you dabbled with film before? Or is this kind of the first time you you wanted to make that switch? Switch. Sorry. Um. I. This is like I've been shooting f film for about I would say a year now, but okay. In terms of like using a real digital camera where I can use like because I used to use just a point and shoot for like the vast majority of the time. But mm -hmm. I think it's important as a photographer to shoot film because um, that's what makes your eye better in a way. And at the same time too, it's like, there was a point in my photography where I was kind of getting uninspired and like okay. kind of like bored in a way. So I started using film and like, I don't know, like what last year I got a little point and shoot and after I think about a month or two months ago, I got like a fully manual camera. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Can you, that you made it, you made a good point when you're saying it, it trains your eye. Can you, can you explain for the audience that like how, how, is, what do you mean when you say it helps to train your eye more? Yeah. So what I mean by that is like when you're shooting on film, um, you got 36 shots. You can't see the photos. Right. Yeah. 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 So just that, just that process of when you shoot film, you can't see the photos. You're going to just think about every shot. I have 36 photos. It's not like digital where you can just burst and like edit, yeah. edit and like, just, you know, like chop it out and like go over. Oh yeah, let's try that again. No, you got 36 shots. It costs <laughs> a lot of money. Count. Yeah. Gotta make them count. Yeah. And it's going to cost you time. All of those shots could be terrible. That's like my, Worst fear when I shoot film. This yeah. could turn out nothing like I expected. Mm -hmm. So, but that's the thing when when it comes to photography, we fall in love with that process of we got to get the film, load the film, shoot it, expose it right. You're not gonna just burst it because you used to be able to burst it and nothing would happen. And right. after just getting your film scans back and you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> it's all worth it. <laughs> so it's kind of like a nostalgic feel. And at the same time too, it's training your eye to be like, all right, I can't just be on burst mode all the yeah. time. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta really look at the landscape and really look at your shooting and focus on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that now I want to talk about because speaking of, of film and stuff like that, you have you have your own YouTube channel as well where you put out a lot of a lot of vlogs, but a lot of educational stuff as well for a lot of other photographers to learn. So what was the you know the motivation behind the channel and what's the what's the what's the end goal with putting out uh, you know content like that? With my YouTube channel, I felt like there was too many channels that were based on like reviews and specs and not enough channels on the process of it. So that's what I try to focus on the, on my YouTube channel. Like I'm not showing you, all right, this is 57 megapixels. Right. Uh, it has all this, um, all these specs in it. You know what I mean? That only like 
people that are super big in the industry are really going to care about that. I actually need that gear. Me, it's more of like, all right, I'm, I'm with my friends where I'm taking pictures at this spot and this is how I took it. And after this is why I took the picture this is how I edited it. So my YouTube was more of a personal project for myself just to be like, all right, we don't have to have a channel all about specs and stuff, but we can have wow. it more about the process. And just to look back at it, like sometimes I watch my videos like from like two years ago and I'm like, Oh my God, that was a fun process doing that. So yeah. the YouTube thing, I'm not as consistent because I'm like, I'm super perfectionist when it comes to making those videos. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's just all about the process, man. And I, if I can inspire somebody to do those type of photography, that's like, that's just the goal for that. hundred mm -hmm. percent. Have you like, has, have, have you had people like message you or, you know, privately and saying, Hey, you know what? Like I watched one of your videos like, and, and I didn't know this, like, I, I appreciate you for, you know, putting something up like that. Have you, have you got that, that positive response? Um, I get that positive response with my film photography videos, actually. Like I get a okay. lot of messages where people are like, oh, I just got my little point and shoot. Like, yo, like your video inspired me to do this, which is mind blowing because I'm like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really post my YouTube like that. Like I don't really push it as, as much as I need to. Mm -hmm. like i get like one or two messages like when i dropped like those videos like yo like that video like super inspired me to pick up film so that's crazy yeah and, and you know at the end of the day too like uh you know it probably like hearing that positive response i can imagine just gives you extra motivation to be like okay well you know what i'm gonna go go make another another video like that to you know hopefully help some more people as well right mm -hmm. definitely. totally definitely mm. um awesome so I want to get, uh, you know, we, we covered a lot of stuff, but if you, I wanted to get to a little bit of advice section here for the viewers at home. So mm -hmm. I know you, you know, throughout our conversation, you did give some, some good advice, but if, the, you know, if you could have like, you know, a short, sweet little nugget of wisdom, maybe if it's something on your mind right now, or, or, you know, just a lesson that someone's taught you that you want to share, um, you know, what would that, that lesson be, um, you know, for photographers out there? If you're an up and coming photographer or even somebody in the art scene is just don't give up like literally mm -hmm. i'm gonna keep it as simple as plain as that as that don't give up no matter what people tell you no matter what people say about you no matter what you see on the internet everything is achievable so it just takes time like your time is gonna come so don't worry about the money don't worry about the fame don't worry about the little knickknacks just focus on perfecting your craft and there's going to be a time where you're going to look back at it and you're going to be like, Oh my God, like, I hope that I took this as serious at that point in my life and I never gave up. So never give up guys, no matter what. 100%. And I, you know, I believe, I totally believe that. And, and the saying too, it's like, you know, you only, you only fail when you give up. It's true because it's like, you know, well, now you're not doing it anymore. So there's, there's mm -hmm. no way you could, you could succeed at it at the end of the day. Right. So that's, uh, yeah. that's totally true. Now, um, obviously, I mean, you know, we're saying earlier, we're already almost in September, but for the rest of the year, you know, do you have any creative goals, anything in particular that you're looking to accomplish to kind of end out, uh, end off, uh, you know, 2020 in, in a few months? um in terms of creative goals there's one project that i'm working on that i can't really speak on too much about it okay but what i can say is it is going to be something that brings people together okay in a that's way good. um 
I'm going to wait until this pandemic ends. So that project might not come out this year. Mm -hmm. And another thing is um, I'm still in business school right now. So I'm trying to finish that Mm -hmm. as fast as possible. Um, In a way for me, the pandemic's actually better because I don't have to go on campus or anything. I just have to open Mm -hmm. my laptop. Mm -hmm. So uh, finishing that up and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me for 2020. Nothing, nothing that I have planned right now, but hopefully some stuff come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that's what I that's what I find too. It's like you don't it's like oh you know like there could be a big lull and then a week a week goes by. It's like oh my god, I got so much stuff going on. So that's, yeah, that's literally, uh, that that's the thing about like especially with like when I first started doing gigs and stuff for photography is that things mm-hmm. your weeks you would think next week is totally free and after one day boom yeah. your whole next two weeks you're booked you can't even do anything else but work on those projects so yeah we'll see <laughs> exactly yeah. you know what it keeps you it just keeps you on your toes on your toes you know um so for people who want to check out your work they want to work with you personally uh just follow your journey where's the best place for them to uh find you at? um you can find me at instagram at notorious lenses um you can see my website at notorious.ca. if you need to contact me it's at uh, info at notoriouslenses.ca awesome and we'll make sure to uh, leave all that stuff in the description guys if you guys want to get in contact with Casey uh, and work with him personally you'll be able to do that uh, through those links below so um, I'm just going to end off here with a little rapid fire question round so I'm just going to shoot off a couple questions and first response that comes to your mind just uh, shout away you cool yeah I'm cool with that awesome so uh, what's your dream uh, camera setup Dream camera setup. Yeah. You could have anything. Anything. Yeah. It can only be one camera. True. Yeah. You can't have four, but one camera. <laughs> uh, I need something versatile. Um, I would probably do, if I can have the Canon R5 minus the overheating. Mm, that's true. Do you, uh, do you have not... a, a particular lens as well? Yeah. I would have a, 35 1.4 on it i don't think they make a 1.4 for the rf lenses Mm. i'm not mistaken but the canon r5 is not too crazy of a camera but i feel like that's a a camera that i can be versatile with if i wanted to switch over the video or photos minus the overheating canon you need to fix that yeah okay canon you hear this you gotta fix that right now (laughs) you gotta fix that because i could buy it yeah, exactly. Overheating. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, what? Uh, I don't know if I correct me if I'm wrong. If you mentioned it before, what camera are you shooting with right now? I shoot with. I shoot with two cameras actually. From like my YouTube stuff, I shoot with the Canon M50 with a 16 millimeter 1.4 Sigma. Okay. And for like all my like important editorial stuff, I shoot with the original 60, not the Mark II. The original oh, 60. Okay. Okay with a 24 millimeter 1.4 so i'm not really too much of a gearhead but like it does the job <laughs> yeah exactly and do you are you are you one of those people that because in the community you hear it's like oh it's not it's not it's not more so the skills of the photographer it's the gear or are you like oh it's the skill of the photographer over the gear or are you kind of in the middle i'm in the middle with it because it's like it's like you kind of do need good gear to mm-hmm. like 
provide something. And after you look at my camera that came out, it came out in 2012. Yeah. And um, I actually never told anybody this, but I told a couple of people this. Okay. But I shot Cash Day with a Canon M50 with a kit lens. Really? Yeah. People Jesus. don't know that. Okay. I, yeah. But, Honestly, I wouldn't be able to tell. You, like nobody would be able to tell, but I'm saying like in the, I'm kind of in the middle in terms of gear. Like you don't really have to have the nicest gear, but at the same time, you got to know what your gear does and how to use it. True. I would love to have the sickest of sickest camera gear, but it's like, I feel like my boy Ali and Lorenz told me gear doesn't make you better. Gear makes the process easier. Then after that, it makes you lazier. Oh, well, that's that's I like that. That's a good. That's a good. So they they be that's give good. they be giving me free game on that. So yeah, and they'll keep you. They'll keep you. They'll keep you humble about it too, which which is good. They're like, hey, you know what? You, you gotta keep on developing your skill. You can't really rely on the equipment too much, which is good to have a good balance. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So second one. What's your favorite spot to eat at in Toronto? Do you have a favorite spot? Yo, this is actually. You might be exposing some spots here, so I want to make sure you're comfortable <laughs> doing that. <laughs> Yo, I might be giving all my spots. But, yeah. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to my boy, Ozzy Burgers. Really, 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 really good burger spot okay. in Kensington. So if you're ever in Kensington, go to Ozzy Burgers. That's the only one I'm giving out. I'm going to keep the ones for me. Yeah. Ozzy Burgers in Kensington. Um, really, 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 really good burger. Probably the best burger in the city, hands down. Really? Okay, that's a big claim. That's a big claim. Okay, so anyone who wants to solidify that claim, go definitely go eat there and, and uh, hit them up if you agree. Um, uh, I might already know the answer to this, but uh, are you a Canon or a Sony person? <laughs> you know the answer, Canon. Uh, of course, yeah. I, I figured I was that out. The reason why I'm not going to choose Sony is because Sony is more. It's made for uh, video people, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. more towards video. They don't have, they do probably have a hybrid with the Sony a7 IV, which is like great video and great photos. But at the same time too, it's like, you just look at it and like, ah, but those Canon colors though. I know, that's what, you know what it is? That's what I like about Canon too. It's the, the color science is just, in my opinion, is so much better way 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 better it's, but at the same time too i feel like in a way there's going to be a point where sony has a better photo camera mm. so yeah. i've been I, i've been kind of eyeing switching but at the okay. same time too i actually have a friend that switched to fuji and okay he's been like saying that. a lot of great things about fuji lately Mm-hmm. You know what brand you don't really hear too much in the conversation? Nikon, for some reason. Yeah. You know no. what I'm saying? Nikon's a big no for me. <laughs> no shade on Nikon, I'm just saying. No shade, no shade. Sponsor me. But, sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> no shade at all, but like, you know, like, my first camera ever was a Nikon, but... Uh, okay. I don't know, like, is it what attracts me to Nikon? Like, you know what I mean? Like other than like the nature for, I see like the national geographic photographer, they probably use Nikon, but yeah, I heard some people, some people are saying that it does well in low light, like at night and stuff, but I don't know. Like I've seen some comparisons and it's like Sony and Canon are pretty comparable. So I don't really know. If it was low light, I'm pretty sure Sony would win 10 out of 10 times. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I was watching some video there. I bet you it was a sponsored video or something. They're trying to justify it. That's probably what it was. They're probably trying to justify it. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, um, the last one. So is there a certain individual or brand that you would like to shoot in the, in the near future? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I got a couple. I want to okay. shoot for Nike. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. You know, I'm repping Nike repping already. Too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm already repping Nike, so Nike hit me up. And um, in terms of artist, I would probably want to work with um, Hood Rich Pablo Juan, okay. Lil Key, and I want to get a photo shoot of the weekend. That, that, that's, oh. <laughs> that's a stretch, but I'm a three. Cool. Oh, hey, man, you're, you already have, you pretty much already have the connects to do that. So, I mean, it's not, too, I don't think that's too far away. It's not too far away, but uh, the global pandemic, you know. <laughs> True, yeah. If um, it happens, it happens. But um, low-key, if you're seeing this, I want to shoot you. <laughs> That's probably the number one on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully he, uh, he sees this and, and uh, you know, make that happen. But um, that's the last question. Casey, really appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Um, really enjoyed talking with you. Like I said before, guys, I'll leave all of his uh, links that we mentioned in the interview below to all his socials. So if you guys want to get in contact with him, work with him, all that good stuff. Uh, you'll be able to, as well as we'll make sure to leave all of our links in the description box below so you guys can keep up to date on all the content we're putting out. Uh, again, thank you, Casey, for coming on the show, man. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys soon. Hey guys, it's your host, Brady Carducci. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Real Talks. Just wanted to give a special thanks to our editor, Daniel, for editing this episode and our producer, Jesse, for creating the music. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It would honestly help us out tremendously. If you would like to stay up to date on new episode releases, make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on Instagram at Real Talk Show. Thank you, and I'll see you on the next episode of Real Talks.